The stories contained in this podcast are the recollections of the guests we've invited onto the show. We are an outlet for people to share their truths, and we accept no legal responsibilities for the stories contained herein. I'm Kendra Sheets. And I'm Rich Gill. And this is Enough, a podcast that aims to shine light into the darkened corners of the music industry while discussing the ways we can and should improve ourselves and in turn our community. Welcome back to another episode of Subtext, our information-driven subset of the podcast. When Rich and I were planning what we'd be talking about in this episode, there were, fortunately, maybe unfortunately, too many topics. So to get everyone caught up on all of the goings-on in the past few weeks, uh, let's see. Lizzo was accused of body shaming a number of her dancers and forcing them to go to strip clubs. Danny Masterson was, of course, sentenced to 30 years to life in prison for multiple rapes, which we covered in episode 39. Uh, after that sentence was handed down, news broke that Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, Masterson's co-stars in That 70s Show, wrote letters to the judge prior to Masterson's sentencing, stating that he was a great father and quote-unquote older brother figure in hopes of a more lenient sentence. That did not work. He still got 30 to life. Uh, there was also a long-form expose in Rolling Stone about the singer of a political punk band. I don't know if any of you saw that. Uh, Russell Brand turned out to be a real-life Elvis Snow, but much, much worse with allegations of five rapes, forceful exposure, and just overall douchebag behavior. There is a great BBC documentary that you can watch that covers all of that if you have not seen the articles that came out about it. Oh, also, uh, Lost Prophet lead singer and convicted pedophile Ian Watkins was tortured in prison and almost killed by other inmates. But out of all of that shit show of wildness, allegations about Diplo came to light once again um, that happened throughout the years, and because of him being back in the news, we knew that that was going to be the one that we would tackle this month. So let's talk about Diplo. We previously and very quickly touched on Diplo during our Rhyme Sires episode, which was episode number 28. But he's got a history of allegations so long that we figured we're just going to make a whole episode about him. First, who is Diplo? Spending most of my life coloring between the lines of punk and hardcore, I really didn't know who that was until a couple of years ago. So he's a DJ, a songwriter, a music producer. He's co-creator and lead member of Major Laser, who I did know. Uh, but just not divided by people's names. Um, and he's a member of LSD with Sia and Labyrinth, among a number of other projects that he has. He also founded and manages Mad Decent, which is a record company. And there's even a TV show made by Viceland called What Would Diplo Do? Starring Dawson himself, James Vanderbeek, as Diplo, that ran for one season back in 2017. And I'd like to personally thank Wikipedia for all of that overall arching information, because otherwise I'd have no idea who the fuck we were talking about today. I did know about the TV show, What Would Diplo Do? Because I did watch that because I am a James Vanderbeek super fan. I met him once at a Trader Joe's in Los Angeles. Was he nice? Yeah, we were buying the same kind of chip. Did you reach for the chip at the same time? No, we were both in line. And like some lady in front of us was being kind of a caring before that was like a thing, because this was like almost 20 years ago at this point and like he looked back at me and gave me like an eye roll and i was like did dawson just give me an eye roll and i was like oh. 
And that was pretty much it. We checked out and then went our separate ways. Well, if only what could have been. Who knows? Well, what would Diplo do? So in 2019, several women came forward with allegations against Diplo. And a lot of those came from black and brown women, with some of them being under the age of consent. From 2003 to 2008, he dated the singer and artist M.I.A., who in 2017 accused him of mental abuse, of trying to take credit for her career, and for writing songs that were not his. The last two things, while not necessarily criminal, are pretty shitty behavior nonetheless. Back in 2020, an influencer named Shavelli August sued Diplo for sexual battery, for fraud, and for defamation. She claimed that he had groomed her when she was a teen, and she said that she started talking to him back in 2014 and ended up losing her virginity to him in 2019 when she was 22 and he was 41. While, you know, that's not illegal, 18 and all, we've talked about the problem with these kind of positions of power and power dynamics before, and that is a hefty age difference. But the story continues. He told her that he got, quote unquote, tested as much as a porn star, end quote, but she still ended up with chlamydia. She also included in her lawsuit that he recorded her during sex without her consent and had sent her recordings of himself having sex with other people. She stated that he hired a private investigator to harass her and other young women. She stated that he hired a private investigator to harass her and other young women to discourage them from coming forward and distributed revenge porn against August when she did eventually come forward. August admitted to having consensual sex with Diplo on numerous occasions, but she added that when they were in Las Vegas together in July of 2019, Diplo forcibly held her down and raped her after one of his performances. She filed and received a restraining order against him, but charges were never filed in the alleged rape. Diplo claimed that she was nothing more than an obsessed fan and denied all accusations and received his own restraining order against her as retaliation. August's brave act of coming forward spurred others to do as well. In October of 2020, rapper Azalea Banks stated on her podcast, quote, I used to have sex with Diplo when I was 17. Diplo was in his 30s at this point. Diplo definitely found me on fucking MySpace. I always give him credit for fucking launching my career off. But yeah, I had to give him some teenage pussy to do it. He's always been preying on young ethnic girls. End quote. Wow. In 2022, Diplo was awarded $1.2 million by an arbitrator in the case between him and August. She later took to social media to express her discontent. Quote, when he says that I just want my 15 minutes of fame, trust me when I say that it would not be through this. End quote. And we've said it before, and we'll say it again. To those who think that women, survivors, victims come forward with news like this to become famous, it's fucking garbage. No one wants to be known as the woman who was groomed or raped or assaulted by insert famous person here. No one is going to become famous and get roles in Hollywood films from any of that shit. In today's society, it tends to be the exact opposite. Those people are blacklisted. They are called liars. They are ridiculed on social media. They receive death threats. It takes a lot of guts to come forward and face the opposing side and all the fans that align themselves with that person. And the accusations just kept coming. In 2021, an unnamed woman came forward stating that she was also raped by Diplo 
in 2019 after a Las Vegas performance. She said that he, quote, invited her to a room, kicked out her friends, and would not let her leave until she performed oral sex, end quote. While also filming the encounter, this seems to be another of his M.O.s. Diplo, of course, denied the claims, and 10 days later, the case was dropped, and his lawyers claimed that the woman was a friend of Shelley August's. And then there's Quinlan Blackwell. She's a TikTok star who, in 2020, stated openly to her millions of followers and fan base that she was living with Diplo, who was 41 at the time. She was 19. This attention to their living situation quickly turned negative in the comments, so Diplo jumped in very quickly with a public explanation. He stated that he was renting one of his properties to Quen and that he uses the studio in the building and that they bonded by making music together. Quen later added that she was not being groomed, that she is an adult, and that she'd been living there for over a year, since she was 18, and stated, quote, I'd rather break both of my legs and be forced to walk than pursue Diplo romantically, and he'd rather choke, end quote. That said, in 2022, Quinlan made some comments in a video post on social media in which she spoke about how, quote, this producer told me to come out here when I was 17, and I came out here when I was 18, and I didn't know what I was coming out here for, really. My music's been a journal to me through all the bullshit I've dealt with from someone older, like, quote, wanting to help me. So when I wake up out of the fog and haze from, like, living over there and living with these producers and shit, I, like, have all this music. I've got release dates since 2020, and nothing has been released. It's April of 2022. I'm 21 now. Like, I want to release music, I just don't know how to, and I feel lost, end quote. And before we go too much further, I just kind of want to mention that for anyone who's very familiar with the R. Kelly situation, with how R. Kelly promised the world to these girls, um, not just people from Chicago, but women from across the country, young women from across the country, usually underage women from across the country, it was very similar to this, where they were very talented, he was going to help them. He was going to help produce them, um, you know, get their music out there. And then it was just kind of a kick the can scenario where they ended up three, four, five years later living with him in some way um, in technically a brainwash situation from you know what's been reported. But anyway, back to it. Just a few days after posting that first TikTok, she posted a second sharing a screen recording of a text conversation between her and an unnamed person who seems to be the person that she was referring to in the initial TikTok. This person states, quote, I've done too much for you to ignore me. These things create so many problems for me. Why don't you understand that? End quote. And another message went on to state, quote, I only went and touched your nipple once. That don't count as grooming. End quote. And they went on to ask her to, quote, make a comment that says this is not about me, so it won't go viral and make my life a nightmare. End quote. And this person promises then a dinner at Nobu, a very upscale LA restaurant, in return for having her not out them. So she concludes her TikTok by stating, I refuse to be victimized. Look at how weird this is. Y'all, please be aware of these weirdos. So this is another situation where nothing has been formally you know, out. It's not a Danny Masterson situation where a clear line has been drawn legally. However, it seems to be similar to what R. Kelly was before everything broke, 
There was a lot of whisper network going on, not only in Chicago, but just in the industry in general. Um, it's a lot like Russell Brand, for example. Everyone kind of knew what was happening here. Everyone had an idea that this is who this person was, but no one had come out publicly and made a stand on this yet. And I feel like that's kind of where we are with this with Diplo. There's a number of people online who are talking about his interest, his infatuation in younger, not always under 18, but younger to the point where he's in his 40s, half his age or less, women um, usually of brown or black skin, promising them the world, promising that he's going to help them with their career. And then what happens? You end up in a situation like Quenlin Blackwell. And the other interesting thing about this is he keeps getting booked at festivals and events. He has gotten um, kicked off of a few festival lineups over time. He kind of made this pivot to DJing country festivals, kind of like what Nelly did when allegations against Nelly came out. Not exactly sure how that makes sense, but it seems like the country music population is a lot more forgiving when it comes to stuff like this or things like Morgan Wallen using the N-word and going away for about five seconds and then booking a sold-out tour. So they move in between these spaces and in and around these spaces where they can still get work and still get away with things that they've been doing for such a long time. And it's pretty gross. The EDM scene is kind of rife with this stuff too. He's not the only person that has had allegations thrown out against him. We won't go into any of the other ones at this point, but that may be a future episode because there are several of them. But this is a scene of young women. There are lots of drugs involved. Like we've just talked about, a lot of grooming. It's older DJs hanging out with younger women. Like Kendra said, women of color, underage, and they're highly susceptible to people like this who promise them the world and then give them nothing. And like Rich had mentioned, you know, Diplo has been performing at headlining a number of different festivals in 2023. He most recently made the news because of Burning Man and the whole shit show out there on the playa where everything got fucking flooded. He also performed from a hot air balloon. Maybe shoot it down and then leave him. So I know we've, we've drawn some parallels to from Diplo to Art Kelly, kind of the similar behaviors. Um, it seems like this is more in infancy than what we've seen at this point with R. Kelly. I mean, obviously, he's in jail. But there is something. And we, while we don't want to bastardize anyone for something that they wrote like a million years ago, because the world has changed a lot and people are allowed to change, as we talk about on a fairly regular basis, Diplo did send out a tweet years ago that stated that he, quote, sent my CV for R. Kelly's sex cult membership. Interesting. Playing the joke about th this person who is well known in the industry doing this thing to women and he's on board trying to join. Interesting. It's something to keep tabs on, something to keep your eyes on, because I think that what we're going to find is a year from now when we look back on this episode, he's going to have additional allegations and a lot of other things going on and we might have to do a part two on this one it's a lot like the marilyn manson situation he was joking about doing a lot of these things joking right quote, quote unquote, unquote joking about 
doing some of these awful things to women, and then years later it comes out he was actually doing these things. So is it joking or is it a confession? Enough is a podcast centering on surviving abuse, harassment, and assault in the music scene. To help get the word out, please like and subscribe and share with your friends. If you have been on the receiving end of harm from someone, be it artist, venue owner, booking agent, audience member, or someone else, and would like to share your story on a future episode, please reach out to us at thisisenoughpodcast at gmail.com. All correspondences are kept confidential. <laughs>